0: Tell us, how long have you been a Prince fan? Oh man, I've been a Prince fan since uh, I want to say the age of seven. Really? Ironically, seven. <laughs> I'm surprised you were allowed
1: to watch it at the age of seven. He's a bit saucy.
0: Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. My my parents took me to the to the drive-in to actually see Purple Rain. That was uh, 1984. So that's when I was more ex- became exposed to him, you know, a little bit more. Yeah
1: what a way to get inducted into the prince world right drive in purple rain yep. that's yeah that's pretty nice yeah oh yeah what was it
0: about him do you reckon that grabbed your attention oh man um well you know what because i was so young i think um it was more so the performances that resonated with me but there there was a few things in the movie and i i don't really want this to get too deep but there was a few things in the movie um that stood out and that was because my mom was actually she was in a relationship um at the time that was abusive at times and so that was something that was happening in the movie you know so yeah and it was talking to you yeah yeah definitely yeah so i saw that and yeah then there was a situation with a gun and you know so yeah it's pretty um so those were a few things about it you know, that uh, resonated with me as well, besides the music, you know, but I was just super young, you know.
1: Tori, we're here to talk about uh, Diamonds and Pearls, the album, which I absolutely love and I don't know too much about and I deliberately haven't looked it up because a super fan like you will be able to educate me. But just uh, I'm always interested in fan communities when their idol is either in ill health or going through some sort of scandal or distress or, of course, when they pass away unexpectedly, too. That, that must have been a terrible shock
0: to you when that happened. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes, it definitely was. Um, yeah, I, I remember like it was yesterday. I really do. And it was really tough. You know, I, at first, I didn't know. I, I had gotten a, a text from a friend of mine who asked, you know, she said that she'd heard that there was a um, fatality at Paisley Park. And, um, you know, that was the first thing I think that came up on TMZ that, you know, there was a fatality. And so but they didn't say who it was at that time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So then um, I sort of just kind of waited around. I was trying to reach out to people that I knew to see if they heard something. Nobody knew anything at that time. And then we just kind of, you know, we waited a few more minutes and then it um, then it came up on TMZ that it was Prince. And but there was so much going on. You know, (laughs) um but yeah it was it was crazy that day you know and i, I didn't want to believe it so mm. i had actually called my mom she was out and um of course you know um not we don't have stereos like that in the house anymore so it's just everything's like either on the computer or you know you have like your own like i have a, i'm a dj so i have a dj mixer board and everything so i i wasn't able to really like turn on a radio so i called my mom and i asked her i said you know where are you and she's like i'm you know on my way home and i'm like can you turn on the radio and so she turned it on and she's like. Yeah, she was like, "There's Prince playing," and I said, "Okay," and I said, "Well, can you turn to another station?" And she said, "It was Prince again," and I, she was like, mm. "What's going on?" And I said, "Well, they're reporting that he had passed away." So yeah, so it was it was just downhill from there, you know, for me. Yeah. I can't imagine what a shock that would be. I mean, but there were
1: some warning signs, if I recall properly, and maybe I'm not. There was mm-hmm. a plane that had to be turned around because of a medical emergency. Not long before he passed, is that right?
0: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, he had actually uh, just played uh, Atlanta, 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 Georgia. He played the Fox Theater, Right. and I believe that might have been the sixteenth, April sixteenth. I'm not sure if it was April sixteenth. I think he had a date on the fourteenth, but he can't. Well, he postponed it to the sixteenth because he was sick, and then the, after he did the show on the sixteenth, I believe there were two shows. Um, and then afterwards, he hopped on a plane. I did hear there was supposed to be an after party, but there then it wasn't. So he hopped on a plane and I, apparently he went unconscious um, on the plane and they were near, Mal- I think it's um, M- Malene, uh, Illinois, which is kind of like, I think, a suburb of Chicago. And yeah, and they had to do an emergency plane landing there. All these years later, do fans know why he passed away?
1: Because when I read the internet, which is a dangerous thing, Tori, HIV, um, broken hip, uh, like lots of bone fractures. So he was on high levels of pain medication. That's what I'm reading. What's the truth?
0: Well, um, (laughs) well. I mean, according to the reports, like from the uh, toxicology reports is that, you know, he passed away from an accidental overdose of fentanyl. And uh, they said that it was so much fentanyl in his system that it was enough to kill like eight elephants. Wow. You know, he was already a small guy. You know, I think he's like five, two and one hundred and twelve pounds at the time of his passing. Mm. So um, that's what was reported but a lot of fans there a, a lot of us are divided because we you can have some that believe that hey you know there was a problem where he was uh you know dealing with a lot of pain and then he got addicted to painkillers and then somehow that led to his addiction not uh, i guess yeah the addiction going into like the the overdose with fentanyl but then you there have were
1: paparazzi photos it's yeah. all coming back to me now there were paparazzi photos of him leaving a pharmacy with a little mm-hmm. swag of well we don't know what was in the bag but that added to the speculation, I suppose.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of yeah, there was video, like you said, he was actually it went to a doctor's appointment. um, And then he had some blood work done. And I think he was dehydrated. So they hooked him up to an IV. And um, then he went on about his way. And then I think what happened was, um, his assistant, uh, Kirk Johnson was the person that actually went to the Walgreens to pick up the medication. And but you know, from What's being said is that, you know, Kirk dropped him off at Paisley Park, and then that was the last time he saw him until the morning when they discovered him. But, you know, there's a whole lot of talk about, you know, like, you know, it being, it was ruled a homicide, but there's still also a lot of talk about, you know, he actually being, it was a setup. Oh, conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. Because In
1: the fan community, because that's who I trust the most, because they do the most research. They often don't reach the right conclusion, but they've done their research. You said it's divided in the fan
0: mm-hmm. community about how he came to pass. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, there's a young lady that actually she's um she does a lot of videos on YouTube where she breaks down all of the um the investigation reports and how it was a pretty much a botched um investigation with the police and then all of the things there were so many inconsistencies, you know, about how he, you know, passed away and it was just so many different things that were like, it was unlike Prince, you know, like there were talk about, you know, him not taking the elevator in Paisley Park, but they found him in the elevator, you ah. know, dead. And then of course he was, his clothes were, were inside out. And then they said there were pills all over the place. And so his it was just His clothes were inside out when they found yeah, him? Yeah. That yeah, it was actually in the investigation files too. Yep. What's that about? I, I can't even speculate. What? Why would his clothes be inside out? Well, for people that do believe in the conspiracy thing they tend to think that's a form of humiliation and Prince was extremely private. And, you know, he took on Warner brothers, you know, for many years and they just tend to think somebody, you know, has had it out for him, And that's how it happened. Yeah.
1: Is there anything that we know for sure? For example, this idea that he would wear these massive platform shoes, jump off pianos during performances. And he went all out in his live performances. I saw him a few times. Yeah, most definitely. And that he was, Every time he did that, he was adding little micro fractures to bones and everywhere in his hips, in his joints. And is
0: that confirmed or is that just speculation as well? Well, yeah, he actually, he did have to have a, um, a hip surgery. I believe it was a, a partial hip replacement. And oh, wow. I, I don't remember what year that was, but um, I think it was like around, I'm not sure it had to be like somewhere around before maybe around after musicology, I believe it might've been. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, there there was a lot of talk about that. And I can imagine that he did have like a lot of wear and tear on his hips and, you know, the fact that he wore heels all the time. Cause he did, it. he started later on, you know, exchanging the, the heels for like um, platform shoes. right, you know, with the thicker soles, yeah. So I believe that, he. I believe he was in a lot of pain. Yeah, but I, I don't necessarily believe the attic, you know, um, scenario though. That's and just the my
1: personal odd- opinion. Sorry for being so voyeuristic. I've just realized I've fallen into that trap. (laughs) But (laughs) but the HIV, you know, where where does that come from? And is that just absolute rot or is it, is there some truth,
0: possible truth to it? I don't believe, I don't believe there was HIV. I I don't, I don't. Um, The only thing that, and I don't know any of this uh, to be fact, but the only thing I could think of is that it could have been cancer because If you were following him, you know, like year by year, when uh, he released Artificial Age in 2014, he performed on Saturday Night Live here in the States. And then um, a lot of people were questioning the way he looked. And then, of course, he appeared on American um, Music Awards and he looked really frail and he didn't look like himself. Mm -hmm. So then it just seemed like he was just deteriorating. You know, so we really didn't know. But everyone was talking about it, that he just looked different. But it happened rapidly. It it really did happen rapidly. So he looked unwell yeah. before he passed. Yes, but he it, did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Wow, it is sad, isn't it? And uh, it must be frustrating for fans not to know. I don't know what, yeah, why it's important. But if I, I'm a fan of many, many celebrities and singers and musicians. There's a comfort in knowing what happened, I suppose. And you guys don't, and maybe never will.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, with the laws in, in Minneapolis, well, Minnesota, the state, um, they won't let anyone, they, it's it's uh, sealed and it won't be open until like maybe 30 years from now. So a lot of the, the core fan base is going to be, you know, a lot older. Some of us may not be here, you know, so we may never know.
1: Wow. 30 yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Listen, he was an enigma in life. Prince seems as mysterious in death as he was in life.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. That's the only that. Yeah. that I can't even speak on that. <laughs> it's, it's the truth. That's the way it happened. You know, it's just like, you know, um, the same way he lived his life, you know, not not so open. But um, I will say that, like, even when he passed away, th- I mean, there were photos that leaked of him, like you said, in the elevator. And, you know, to me, it was just kind of odd because there hadn't been a lot of other celebrities that we, you know, at least to my knowledge, you know, didn't see, you know, um their their death photos being you know posted on Mm. online like that Mm. so that was kind of weird too who was he you know i've got a good take on
1: most of the celebrities like they have the the outer crust which is the the celebrity they present to the world and you can dig away if you're a super fan and find out pretty much who they were as a private person prince i've got absolutely no take at all i can't work out who <laughs> he was eccentric that's the only thing i can think yeah who he, was
0: prince well i mean he he was a he was a, a musical genius that's for sure i mean he, yeah. he self-taught he taught himself how to play 27 you know instruments um by ear you know because his dad left a piano at home and he taught himself how, how to play um you know he was also a son and a you know he was a, a brother he was also, you know, a husband at one time, you know, and um, he was a father, you know, and mm. I think that was another thing that was, you know, it, I think that hurt him a lot, too, is the fact that, you know, he had, you know, a son that didn't survive. And, and then I think that his wife, Maite, she was pregnant a second time, and then that didn't happen either. So, but to Does a he, lot do, of us... Did he have uh, children, though? Does he have children? No, no. He right. tried twice with Maite. It's his first yes. wife. And he I was know that there's married- music he wrote about the death of of
1: children, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And of course, he was married again. Um, and her name is Manuela Testolini. She's now married to the R&B singer uh, Eric Benet. But I don't, I don't know if they tried because they never, they never had any children during the time that they were together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah.
1: And very prolific, like was uh, like always writing. I mean, I was shocked to learn. Nice segue here, Tim. That uh, Diamonds and Pearls was the thirteenth album he released. He oh, has yeah. a, he has a lot of music in the vaults, right?
0: Yeah, a lot of music. They're saying it's like thousands, you know, thousands of mu- of like songs. That uh, some of them he mentioned in interviews that he did not finish, you know, and then there were some that he 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 thought, you know, they weren't good enough to release. So yeah. It's interesting.
1: It is, and I know fans in every fan community—they bay for blood. They want those vaults released, and sometimes it's very underwhelming when they are. Tory, I've got to say, yeah. <laughs> I, you wait years for a song that has a certain title, and then when you hear it, you go. Ugh. I wish they'd left that in the vault, actually. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. 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 So let's talk about um, Diamonds and Pearls. And the reason we're talking about it is because it's about due in October for a super re-release, which is super exciting. This was 1991. Tori, how would you describe Diamonds and Pearls,
0: the album? Well, Diamonds and Pearls, the album, actually, was a, a big shift from anything they had done before because it was an album that was more focused. It was a commercial pop album. But it had a lot of hip hop influence to it. It was definitely more hip hop influence. And I, I know that Prince was, at one time, he didn't really like rap and hip hop. And I, I think then when there was a shift from like the 80s, you know, going into the 90s, where hip hop was kind of like taking over on the charts, he had to like sort of reinvent himself. And then that's when he actually, you know, formed a band called New Power Generation. And it was a more collaborative band too, because for the first time, there were musicians that he allowed to like play on most of the songs, whereas he always did everything himself. And then he had like hip hop dancers and he had a rapper by the name of Tony M, you know, who wrote on the Mm -hmm. album as well. So it was a commercial success for him. Um, but he had just suffered like from like commercial failure with graffiti bridge in
1: 1990. So can I pick
0: up on that? Is that, is it true then because of that, uh commercial
1: failure excuse my voice gee you can tell it's 6 30 over here i didn't even have a hard (laughs) night um let me just tap my chest there um is it true that the record company and this might be one of the first intersections where he started to absolutely loathe you know record executives and companies is it true that they were sort of pressuring him to to be more commercial
0: yes there was um because he actually um i believe it was you know, he had a successful run after Purple Rain, but it wasn't like he was selling, you know, the albums uh, at the amount that he was selling them. But he, they were still successful records like Sign of the Times um, and um, Around the World in the Day, but they weren't up to like Purple Rain standards. So what they did was Warner Brothers decided to you know, reach out to him about, you know, doing the uh, Batman soundtrack, which actually put him back on top. Yeah. So, so yeah. So he did the soundtrack, and that was a most of his success was attached to movies too. That yeah. Was the,
1: he yeah. he hadn't had a number one, as I understand it.
0: Yeah. That's um, true.
1: At that stage of his career, that wasn't attached to a movie. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, but you um, can't what- hear the pressure in the product. Sometimes that happens. A lot of pressure, mm-hmm. <clears throat> then the product you can you can feel the rush. But this is a great album. How's it? Uh, Here is the thing, Tori. I was the very person in the community that they were trying to get to. They were trying to, in my opinion, make his music maybe a little bit less aggressive, more accessible, slightly more pop twang. So he got me. I wasn't. I liked Prince very much, but my hand was not up as a Prince fan until this came out. And when I heard the ones that, um, like diamonds and pearls and cream, I was on board. But is it true that some critics and even maybe some fans saw it? It uh, saw this whole project as a bit of a sellout
0: at the time. Yeah, a lot of fans. There were a lot of people that did think that you know, hey, this is not authentically him, you know. So mm, I think mm. when it came to having the rap artist a part of the band, and you know, a lot of the fans, they were so used to the experimental sound of Prince. So this was like you said, it was more commercial. And just and a fun fact for you to know is that after Graffiti Bridge, since it didn't do well in the states, I don't think it did well anywhere. But um, he he actually hired Michael Jackson's former manager. Um, I believe the guy's name was Frank Delello. And he was behind like Thriller and Bad. And so Prince hired him when it was time to do the Diamonds and Pearls project. And then, of course, that's when Prince just sort of like blew up, you know, again, all over again. Like he was Mm. all over the place on award shows, you know, Special Olympics, you know, television shows. I yeah, there were people that actually didn't like it. You know, Mm. that's like one of their least favorite albums. You know, they thought it was just too much. I've heard people say they thought it was a lot of filler on the album, but I actually love. I love 90% of the album. You know, there's a, there's a couple songs on there that I, I'm like, okay, you know, like there's there's Jughead, which is kind of funny, <laughs> but, you know, I'm not really a big fan of it, you know. <laughs> now,
1: that's interesting you mentioned Jughead because mm-hmm. I think it's probably the – if you were to take a poll, it's probably the one that comes out at the bottom. Um, and he's recently – well, he hasn't. He's, his estate has released uh, – is it Alice Through the Looking Glass? Yes, which yeah. must be one of the the songs that were in the vault recorded around this time, and I've heard a lot of fans saying that they wish Jughead could be repl- should have been at the
0: time replaced <laughs> with this one because Alice yeah. Through the Looking Glass is fantastic. Yes, it is. It is. You know, but it, when I listen to it, i i don't I don't see where it fits because it's it's so different to me. It actually reminds me of. The Graffiti Bridge era. Right. Like it could have fit like next to like Thieves in the Temple or something. You know, it just seems a little different from Diamonds and Pearls era for me. But it's a great song. I love it. Get Off actually was released. I think it was released in May of 1991. And that song was not originally planned to be on the album for Diamonds and Pearls. Horny Pony was actually going to be the song in that place on the album. But because Get Off did so well. He decided to take uh, "Horny Pony" and put that as the uh, the B side to get off, and Horny put that on. Pony.
1: There. Oh my yeah. god!
0: Yeah, I think every song has like a different feeling to it, you know. And and it's just an, to me, it's an eclectic, you know, mix of songs. What yeah. stands out to
1: me about Diamonds and Pearls is is the journey. Like he doesn't just shove all the great tracks up the front of the album, and then the rest is filler. True. Uh, I mean, first of all, I don't think there is filler on this album. Um, yeah, if you think there's filler on this album, I don't think you're concentrating. Some of, the, <laughs> some of the tracks take a bit of thought and concentration. You've got to give them a chance, basically, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you're sort of you working through this album, and it's not all the hits and then the rest. Like, You've Got Money, Don't Matter Tonight comes sort of yeah. later in the album from memory. Uh, I, I think <clears throat> the order of the album is really interesting too because – Again, always say this, listen to it from start to finish, takes you on a journey.
0: Yes, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Insatiable is a great R&B song. You know, it's. I remember, you know, like a lot of it was really big on R&B radio here, and I, I know a lot of the ladies in my family, they definitely love that record. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: He was very sexual, uh, mm-hmm. probably as an artist in general, but this album was very sexual, wasn't it?
0: yeah it was it was but he he had a way of kind of like sliding that you know that sexual you know like how he would he wrote songs it's kind of like sliding it you know through the like underneath the popcorn masses like it could be a naughty song but he kind of he's great at disguising it so yeah it was a lot of that very (laughs) playful right in in the way he does it and i think Mm -hmm. a
1: lot of people miss that if you look at i think it's get off is that the one where he's sort of <clears throat> talking about somebody that he, he's heard a rumor that she's not getting enough. Is that yep. that one? Yeah. yeah right. That's, it. that's very, um, it, it, his, his use of words, is that, well, is that something that's celebrated in the fan community He's very clever with his
0: words, right?
1: He yeah.
0: Wordplay. Yeah. A lot of the fans love that, you know, love that about him. I think a lot of us now it's because of music and how much it's changed and how the artists are more straightforward and they'll say just anything Prince actually just had a way of, you know, like I said, disguising the, you know, the more taboo stuff with something we like, we got it. We knew what exactly what he was talking about, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what I loved about the wordplay, you know, when it came to Prince. He, he knew how to write a song.
1: Left field question. Mm-hmm. Why is Get Off spelt with two T's? And what was his thing <clears throat> with numbers and symbols and like, it really bothers my sense of, you know, grammar.
0: <laughs> you know what? I'm not sure. And, I, you know, as a as a person that has followed his career for so long, I mean, I always thought it would I, – I know that you said it kind of annoys you. With me, I thought it was kind of cool. But I don't know. Like, I'm not sure why he – I know, like, the number seven was his favorite number. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know – a lot of us would call it Prince Ebonics. <laughs> Prince. Yeah, because it's just like whenever you saw that the way – like if you saw like I Would Die For You, you know, with the U, you know, we, we knew that it was a Prince thing, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he, I think he kind of started that. But I'm not sure exactly where he got that from. Cool. What can you tell us about Cream and the video for Cream? Oh, gosh. Um, and what the hell is it about? <laughs> I, well, I can tell you that – well, the two ladies that were, you know – portray twins, they weren't actually twins. And, you know, they were for that project as diamond and pearl. That was their names, diamond and pearl. And so um, yeah, I just don't. I can say Tina Landon if for people that know about the choreographers like Tina Landon, who worked famously with Janet Jackson, she was the one along with um, Jamie King. They actually choreographed, you know, they choreographed oh, that film that, that okay. short film. Yeah. So but yeah, I I don't know exactly. I Again, I think that's another sexual innuendo with Prince. I'd love to talk to the man. Who wouldn't, right? But yeah. is it something about
1: rising to the top, like Cream rises to the top? And <laughs> and uh, is he – because a lot of this music, the lyric – if you listen to the lyrics, there's a lot about sort of up yours to the critics and I'm at my peak and I'm at the top of my game. And I yeah. wonder if Cream follows that theme, like Cream rising to the top. This is – this is me at my best i don't know yeah. i mean and that's the thing about good music it makes you wonder it makes you think it's like art right and you're not meant to actually know
0: it's what it means to you yeah let's go with that yeah let's go but with that. yeah and for those of you that don't know it was actually um partly shot at the union station in los angeles oh. california and i guess like the video it kind of and if you look at it in the it was like more of um 1930s i guess kind of vibe you mm. know but then he also kind of had it more contemporary. So Prince, he just always fused a lot of things together. So, yeah.
1: What do we know about this re-release? Um, it's called the uh, the, super yeah, the Super Deluxe or something yeah. like that, right? It's got a super name. Has it stirred up
0: excitement in the community? Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. The um, There's like seven different versions of it. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, there are seven different versions of it, yeah. And I believe the vinyl set has already sold out. That's what I was told wow for people that apparently people love to buy vinyl now again so um they do yeah on every different color possible (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure yeah yeah but the the, i think the great thing about this uh set is is that you have like the diamonds and pearls super deluxe edition which is 12 lps and it has a blu-ray and then i yeah it has a blu-ray as well and you know there's this really thick booklet that has a lot of photos in it and it kind of tells you about each member of the new power generation and I guess gives more like you know maybe some of the questions that you might have it might give more details as yeah. to, you know how this album the process and what certain things mean so yeah so that's one and then of course the one that i'm actually going to get um is the diamonds of pearl super deluxe edition which is um the well they're all the deluxe edition but this one's the seven cd with the blu-ray because i'm not a vinyl collector but i you know, I love the CDs and I want the concert. <laughs> That's yeah. what I love the most. I want to get more visuals. So So what the the concert will be on it, is that right? Yeah, yeah. But it's the not the Diamonds and Pearls tour. You no, it's actually not gonna be the Diamonds and Pearls tour. It's gonna be the um print and the new power generation live at Glam Slam. Ah yeah. Huh. So I'm not sure why they're not releasing the the tour, but it's live at Glam Slam and there's it's gonna basically It's got him performing all of the songs from um, the Diamonds and Pearls album. And I think the only old songs that he plays on it is 1999 and Baby I'm a Star.
1: I went and saw him, I think, three times when he came to Sydney in 92, I think it was, with the Diamonds and Pearls tour. And every night it was different. It was mind-blowing to me because I'd never seen that before. I thought I was going back to see the same thing, but nope, different set list um yeah. different flavor different length of time i'm mm-hmm. sure one time he lingered on that stage for hours more
0: than he was meant to it was amazing he was absolutely phenomenal live yeah he was known to to do that like um i believe like the band would rehearse at least 150 songs wow they they never had it like they never had it planned you know it was just whatever prince decided he wanted to do like sometimes at the last minute this has been an awesome
1: little walk down memory lane. This album meant a lot to me. I had it on high rotation in 92. I know it was released in late 91, I believe, but I yes. had it huge. And he was just everywhere. He was a hot commodity in 1992. I, I couldn't – is he still Prince? Do I have to call him the artist formerly known as <laughs> Prince?
0: Did he ditch that? What's the story there? Oh, he ditched that. Yeah, he ditched that a long time ago, back in That was something to do with just a contract dispute, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. He got his name back in like, um, the contract ended 1999 and it was early 2000. He actually threw a big party called the celebration. That was the very first one in 2000. I actually attended that one. And it was a wow. week long yeah, party and he was back to Prince. You know, and it was so. a week long party to celebrate the fact that he got his name back. Yeah. Yeah. And he, oh. he invited a lot of his friends. Um, Macy Gray was there, mint condition. um, Who else? Uh, Of course, I believe Larry Graham and Graham Central Station. I know there was a few of them that were back-to-back. Sheila E., there was Nora Jones. Um, Gosh, it was so long ago. I'm trying to remember. But it was such a great time. And he was so happy. You know, he was so happy. He was a real innovator. I've got to ask a very quick question for all the Madonna fans that tune into this podcast. What did you think of her tribute? You know what? I'm a huge Madonna fan and I actually was really excited when um, I heard that she was going to do it. Um, I thought she did. a I thought she did an OK job. I I mean, it's uh, considering like, well, the song, <laughs> I, I love the song, but I didn't really think it was more her style. But I'm so so in love with Madonna. Yeah. I she can't do any wrong for me. So a lot of people butchered it and, you know, they said, oh, you know, well, she shouldn't have done it. But, you know, there was Madonna even said that she had reached out to like Wendy and Lisa and a few other current band members at the time, and everyone was still grieving. So she couldn't you know, have anyone to join her on stage except for Stevie Wonder.
1: Yeah. What was it on the uh, Like a Prayer album? It was um, Love Story, no? Love Song. Love, love Song. song. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that track too. A lot of fans don't, but I, I love that one. It's so quirky. Um, yeah, look, yeah, I, I I think we're too harsh. Um, she came out and did a great tribute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I probably, if I was advising I would have went, don't go for that track. Go for something, you know, that you could yeah. be more confident settling into. That's um, true. But nonetheless, it was... Fantastic that she paid homage to to Prince. Um, yeah. where can people find you,
0: Mr. Tory? Well, um, I actually I am on Facebook. Uh they can find me at Tory Sands and it's spelled T O R R E S A N Z, like zebra. And also I'm on Twitch. I am a DJ, so I, I play a lot of Prince music. I have Prince uh, Prince nights. I also have Madonna nights too. And it's actually twitch.tv forward slash we live, the number two, we live to get funky. Yeah, that's where you can find me.
1: I love it. I love it. I love the fact that there are other people out there trying to keep the era of the megastar and the true pop era alive. Thank you, Tori, for everything yeah. you do. How Thank exciting! You, October, roll on October, and let's get our hands on with the deluxe edition. Lots of—I'm assuming. I don't think you mentioned, but lots of bonus tracks. I'm assuming as well, yes. right? That we haven't
0: heard. Yeah, there actually is. There's, um, there's. Let's see here. There's actually three disc or three LPs um, that will have. Um, like unreleased music, so there's going to be stuff that there's going to be like an early mix of Insatiable, like also like um, Live for Love. There's an early version there. There's Cream Take Two, Diamonds and Pearls. What do you mean? I it says Take Two, (laughs) so it must be a different take on it. Wow, yeah, because you Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, there's a there's also a longer version of um, Diamonds and Pearls, but then there's songs like um, Open Book, which is a fan favorite. Um, A lot of people don't have the, like the, the professional, like version of that. We have like the Uh, the demo or something. Right. Yep. 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 Also for the uh, Rosie game fans, Prince wrote the song um, my tender heart and he's got his version there. And then there's another song I wanted to um, just kind of shout out. And that's called, um, what is the song called? It's called tip of tip of the tongue. And it's, elder barge actually recorded the song and we've never heard prince's version of it and that's going to be in there too so vault one vault two and vault three and they all have like maybe 12 to yeah 13 <laughs> songs on each that, <laughs> sorry i didn't know vault one vault two vault three yeah yeah wow <laughs> yep so oh, it's the, worth
1: it. <laughs> fans have waited a long time you know to get their hands on some of this stuff so it is a really really exciting time and and For those of you listening and if you're a little bit more of a casual Prince fan, go back and listen to Diamonds and Pearls. It's so cool. I've been listening to it in preparation for this over the past few days and the memories it brought back. um, Amazing. What a great piece of work. Hey, Tori Sands, I hope you've had fun. Thank you. I have. I have. I would love to come
0: on and talk to Madonna sometime.
1: <laughs> oh, you're very welcome to do that. Yeah. Do you know how many Madonna, fa- Madonna fans are rabid? I can say <coughs> that because I'm one of them. They're rabid. And do you know what they say to me, Tori, when what? there's a Prince segment, for example, on the podcast? They go, can you just give us a timestamp so that we can skip the bullshit? And I'm, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. well, okay. I'm so sorry that the whole hour and a half isn't Madonna, Madonna, Madonna.
0: you're welcome to come back and talk Madonna whenever you want okay thank you so much I appreciate you Uh, thank you for even like you know just considering me to to have this time with you to talk Ah, about it's been amazing
1: I've really enjoyed it you take care Tori okay you take care too all right good day